Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This next story is one that I think most parents and carers find it difficult to contemplate, the loss of a child. Jenny McGregor is a musician, clown doctor, mother and wife. Nine years ago, her first son, Jamie, died suddenly and unexpectedly. Since then, she has worked to support bereaved parents and continue to pursue her love of music. Her album, Love and Let Go, is a compilation of songs to help families cope with the grief of losing a child. Hi, Jenny. Welcome. That was a great intro. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Tell us about your son, Jamie. Oh, Jamie, he was um, our little blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy. Um, He was, it's easy to say, I think, when you lose someone, you know, this happy, perfect little character, but he really was, you know. He was just, you know, he was was like your role model kid that would eat any food you gave him, (laughs) smiled at anyone that passed and did the cooing looks and all the old grandmas would just coo with him and dance to anything, including the the news theme tune. (laughs) True story. Um, And just a happy go-getter, you know. He just loved life. And he, being my first child, he helped me to re-inspire me to love life again, you know, stopping and looking at a flower and being amazed. And he was that kind of kid that just was just found wonder in everything. And I think, you know, it's probably pretty usual for a um, a kid 18 months or younger, you know, that they are, everything is new and exciting. But um, I don't know. He just had this sense of um, love and wonder in his eyes. He was a really special little man. And he was 18 months old. So that is an age where their personalities are starting to shine. Yeah. Where they they have a degree of autonomy and um, probably making you run after him everywhere. Yes. Um, but many people, when they think of sudden unexplained death in infants, which we call Sudi now, a lot of them, people think of that only happening to very small babies. Mm. Um, tell us what the story was with Jamie, because 18 months, that must have been a, just a bolt out of the blue. Oh, it was horrific. Um, I, too, thought it only happens to young babies, so it, wouldn't, it was not anything that was on our radar. Um, Jamie had uh, experienced some seizures um, prior to that, so at 10 months old, he had a, a a seizure in the middle of the night, which was very scary. I woke up and um, I thought he was choking or I, d- I didn't know what was going on because I've never seen someone fitting before. Um, and we rushed him to hospital and um, that was when the nurses told us, oh, he's fitting and they couldn't stop him convulsing for about an hour, which was really wow. scary. So after he did, um, typical Jamie came around um back to breastfeeding, happy as, charming all the nurses. And everyone thought, wow, this is not the kid that you brought in, you know, an hour ago. Um, But they were quite concerned because it was a a long seizure. Long story short, there was another seizure, maybe a couple of months after that, um, which was about a half an hour seizure, again in the middle of the night. Um, And so uh, this sort of prompted the doctors along to maybe look into – his brain and if there was something going on. We didn't know if it was epilepsy, possible brain tumour. So there had been scary things going on for us in that lead up to the 18 months. But um, we did 
a series of tests, one being the MRI scan, which came up completely normal. There was nothing there to be concerned about. And we also did an EEG or two EEGs, one where they're asleep and it's where they put these probes on the brain and they sort of monitor how the brain waves are doing. I mean, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a medical person, but it was it's, it's as far Makes as it's, that's the best that I can explain it. I'm using my hands to show you. No one else can see that. Um, and again, came up normal. So any tests that we ever did um, always came up um, completely normal, which was reassuring. But then also we weren't really sure what was going on. Eventually doctors just sort of said, look, I think he's just going to grow out of grow out of it because it's, you know, we, we can't explain. There's nothing. He seems like a perfectly happy, healthy child. He's growing normally. Um, don't worry about it. So you can imagine the night that he passed um, was completely shocking to us. Even though we had this lead up of what was going on, it was it was completely out of the blue. I mean, I, I didn't actually put him to bed that night, which is heart-wrenching for me. But um, yeah, I my husband put him to bed and I was actually in hospital dealing with my nephew who was sick at the time, but that's a whole other story. Um, and I, um, I, I remember my last words to him were over the phone. I was sang him his favourite little song over the phone and that's how unaware we were that anything was going to happen. You know, like those last moments, the last photograph you take, you don't know when it's so sudden. Um, so, yeah, sorry if I've winded off of your question of where it started, but how was it for us in the sense of so sudden, like the suddenness of it was it was just shocking. Um, I think... This is actually a really uncomfortable thing for me to talk to you about, as I'm sure it is for parents to listen. Yes. Because people, I think parents in particular feel the loss of a child really intimately. I'm going to lose it now. It's okay. <laughs> um, is that part hard for you in terms of telling the story and the work that you ended up doing after the passing of Jamie? Because essentially what you're trying to do is share awareness about what it's like to lose a child. Yes. But people, particularly parents who have children, probably respond like I am now, which yes. is crying just yes. at the thought of it. So yes. was that hard? Is that part of it hard? It was very hard. Yeah, it really was. It was. It was um, – it, it's not unusual. For, I mean, I, I remember before losing Jamie, the thought of losing him uh, was just – horrendous you can't you know no no other parent wants to fathom that that could happen to their child and by no means do I ever want to make another parent feel like you know there's a possibility of that that's and definitely fear and fear it yeah. absolutely Which is not probably part of the reason people turn away from the topic because they don't want to contemplate their own of course child. and I understand that completely I really do and I've learned how to speak about it quite openly and it probably sounds a little bit like I'm um, removed from it or there's not as much emotion, but you can't go into the no. the depths of it every time you're going to retell your story. And also probably to help tell the story to people that don't get it so that they yeah. don't, you know, you don't want people breaking down or every time you have to tell your story because it's always going to be my story. But yes, mm. if you want the honest opinion, it, it, it was really, 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 really difficult, especially at the time. I mean, I was part of his mother's group and they were beautiful. I mean, they gave me so much support. They all... Um, chipped in together to, you know, buy, uh, oh, they gave me a, it's terrible now. I can't even, <laughs> it was, it was such a, such a crazy time. Of like there's so many was. things I think I've blanked out and don't quite remember exactly as they were, but I'm pretty sure it was a, a gift voucher of a lot of money to put towards the funeral, which was mm. just absolutely a beautiful gesture. But I do remember, you know, occasionally seeing people later on down the track from the mother's group or 
other people that maybe not close friends, but people that acquaintances that had known that I'd had Jamie and had lost him. And there were circumstances where they had crossed the street. I saw that they knew I was there. I mean, I, you know, you'd be in Woolies and you're queuing up and you look up, they haven't seen you, you look down and then you know you've, they've seen you and then off they go. And I get it. I totally get it. Like, they, A, they don't know what to say because they feel so guilty that they've still got their child. And B, like you said, the fear of just having to go into that and, that, and not knowing what to say and probably worried about how they're going to make me feel. And I totally get it. But at the time you know, you, you just start to feel a little bit like you've got a curse or something, you know, it's almost well, it's like, like another burden. And, and yeah. you saying that you understand it is um, very insightful and compassionate, but at the same time, you're the one that is suffering yeah. as much as it's awkward for other people. Yes, um, I'm reminded of the book Lee Sales wrote, Any Ordinary Day, where she um, talks to people who've been through the kind of tragedy you have where it's just a bolt out of the blue. There's been no, um, just their life has taken a complete change of direction. And one of the things that did come out was that victims are, when I say victims, people who've been through a tragedy are often the ones that are holding the space for people who don't know how to deal with that. Yeah, and it's it, interesting. It's yeah. really interesting. I, f- I found that. I actually had to talk to a few family members who were not coping after my husband and I had been moving through the grief. As, as our SIDS counsellor talked to us about it, she, she um, phrased it as trudging through the grief, which I really liked, that idea that because you can't get rid of grief, it's there. Um, it's like this thick, oozy mud that you, and you're, you're in it, but you can either just sink slowly and keep sinking, 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 or, you, or to get through it, you just trudge. It's like that hard step and then the next hard step. And it, I always just remember that um, the visualisation of that really – um, hit home for me that yeah that's what we're doing which, and with every step you're making a little bit more progress a little bit more progress and so as we were doing that and starting to you know wrap our heads around it and have good days again and it comes in waves anyone who's been through grief will know grief comes in waves but I remember there was certain you know people that we knew close friends and family that I'd heard through the grapevine weren't coping with the fact that what we were going through and trying to contemplate how we were coping and mm. I remember calling one particular person and, and, and I had to say to her, look, you need to know that we're okay. And, and, and I, I think it's beautiful and it shows what a compassionate person you are with a big heart that you would feel like this, but you also need to, you need to get on with your life and, and you need to know that, you know, so you, and it's funny because like you said, you end up counseling other people how to deal with it. But I guess I probably would be the same if it hadn't happened to me, I'd be feeling terrible for a close friend if this, if they'd gone through the same thing. We'll be back with more from Jenny McGregor right after this. Sometimes parenting can be challenging and sometimes it can be a downright laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Give them a um, LCM, you know, those terrible... Terribly good, you mean. <laughs> I, I make it's my a... own homemade version. We call them bubble treats at home. I call them energy bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't want breakfast cereal mixed with melted marshmallow? I dare you to find someone who says no to that. I'm Siobhan Hunt and the Parent Panel is a weekly podcast I host where we invite a mum and a dad to discuss the events and stories of the week. The Parent Panel, available wherever you get your podcasts. So what would you say would have helped? I mean, you mentioned that it was a lovely gesture for your mother's group to raise some funds to help with the funeral. Yeah. Um, But obviously there's the immediate um, shock and grief. But that, as you say, continues on. Like it does. It's not just, I imagine, for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, so what advice would you have 
um, to people who feel that awkwardness, who don't want to impose on someone going through a hard time, having lost a child, who are worried that they'll start bawling like I did, um, <laughs> okay. just at the thought of it. You know, yeah. um, what would you say? What would you say would have helped you in that situation? And and be completely honest. If you don't want someone to cry in front of you, should they walk away? Uh, well, I think that's a really great question, and it's part of this. What I what you mentioned before, I am raising awareness that this is happening because, you know, whilst we want to pretend when you're, you know, in your own bubble with your own child that it's not happening, even just in the world of sudden deaths, I think that the statistic in um, every year is like 3,200 um, children, sort of infants are dying suddenly unexpectedly. So it's a lot of people are going through it. So I think that's a great question because you can't hide from it. It is happening. It's out there. Someone of someone is going to know someone who's lost a child. And so I can only speak from my own personal experience. Um, and, you know, um, for me, I um, personally felt like the, the best the best way that they could honour me and also honour Jamie was not sort of brushing it away and, and, and acknowledging that it had happened. And that's me personally. I know that there might be some other bereaved parents out there who feel completely different, didn't want to talk about it. But um, when you've had a child, as you know, and they've lived up till you've had them in your belly for nine months, they live until they're 18 months old, as Jamie did, and as you said, has a little personality, is a little person, um, for it to be discredited um, ever, uh, it, it gets you in the guts every time. You know, even now when I occasionally to people will say, I've got two kids because I've gone on to have another couple of kids, it, it it gets me in the guts that it's like I'm sort of discrediting that I had this child. So I'll often work my way through that by just saying I've had three. And usually people don't go on to, you know, ask any more questions. If they do, then I work out, I'll work out what to do then. But, um, so for me, people, you know, genuinely, um, still for me, like, I guess I'm talking from where I'm at now, people that will still acknowledge and remember, like, I love it when friends will talk about, uh, memories that they have of Jamie and, or especially I've got a um, few friends who had, um, kids that are now older and they remembered him and they, you know, a friend said recently, oh, my son remembered this time when we went camping and, and we had Easter and Jamie was there. And I, I love hearing those stories because it makes it real because otherwise it kind of does feel a bit like, did this ever even happen? Like, did I, you know, when you, every, with every year, every passing year, it's this memory and this fading thing. So that right now would be the thing. When I was going through it, again, personally, I would have preferred uh, for people to not cross the street and for people to actually come up and acknowledge and just and if they didn't know what to say just just say that just be honest just you know I would have probably and and I had lots of people who did and like I said I do understand it but I think if you know someone and they're going through that much pain just know they feel really alone and and they don't expect you to know what to say they don't you know we don't we don't expect you to know what to say because you're not a counsellor you're just a friend and and someone who's seen me me or whoever it is go through this so just acknowledging it just human to human a hug you know or just you know literally just how are you I, I know people are worried that you might break down crying but actually that's also good as well because you're still going through that grief and as the parent you need to get that out so I think maybe that would have been the main things for me um, and if, if you're having a problem with your own grief then perhaps it makes sense uh, if you're not the bereaved parent, to go and seek counselling or help or talk to someone before you yes. offer your support so that you yes. are in a position to deal with your own emotions and For sure. not project 
more on to yes, you. Yes, <laughs> yes. Your crying question. I forgot about what you said about that. The crying thing. You know, people can't help that. And we mm. understand that. You know, that's okay. People are going to get sad and... You know, it's sad. It is sad. It's it is. Sad. It's it's uh it it's incredibly sad. So, you know, I think you and you understand that. And I don't know. For me personally, going through something like this, it does actually make you stronger. And again, I'm only talking from my personal experience that I didn't realize how strong I was or how resilience. Maybe not the quite quite the right word, but yes, in a in a sense, what I'm trying to say is that when we first lost Jamie, that for me was it. I was like, that's I'm done. I'm out. I don't. I don't. I don't this life is, you know, it was too painful. I was, I was done. I thought that my life was over. And that's a really big thing for me to say, because I've never been that sort of a person. There's always hope, if that makes sense. But I was, I was done. And so to be able to, to see that I could come back from that and that there was actually hope to be found. And there was, I was able to find beauty in the world again. And I was able to be thankful and to be grateful really showed me that, as humans, we, I don't know, there's something in, there's something deep in us that sometimes I feel like we only access it when you go through that real struggle and suffering. So that's a little gift that I've been given. Speaking of strength, you and your husband firstly stayed together and secondly went on to have two more children. Um, that in itself seems extraordinary to me because I feel that um, it must happen when some couples go through this kind of bereavement that the pain actually drives them apart because mm. obviously that kind of grief is very personal and I can imagine it doing both things, bringing you together and driving you apart. You've mentioned before that the counsellor um, from Red Nose Australia came in and really supported you. Mm. Was that part of what she was trying to manage as well, not just your grief but mm. also your way through to the future to be together through that grief and yeah. If eventually to continue having yeah, a family. I, I imagine it probably was. I didn't I wasn't aware of it at the time. Um we had a beautiful uh counsellor from Red Nose, uh Mary Beth, and she's no longer there and I remember going in together and both of us just felt like she was, you know, she was a bit older. She was sort of like a motherly figure for us. My husband's mum has passed away, so he didn't have that comfort from his own mother. So it just was nice for us to be able to share that space together. So yeah, I imagine a lot of what she was doing was aiding that, but I also must put in the little disclaimer that it 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 hasn't just been an easy road for my husband and I. We've it's been it's been rocky times and um it, it's been challenging, you know, but we're we're lucky that we're in a place where we have been able to stay together and like you said move on and have uh you know another family and um I shouldn't say another family. Com- Sounds you know, like you're complete a bigamist. <laughs> <laughs> Is there another husband you want to tell us about? Um, but- no, it's um yeah, look it's 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 good and I think that um, when you go through this as a couple, um, only your partner really is going to be the other one to get that, to truly get it. So you are both going through this, you know, you both loved this child just as much um, as, you know, one another. And not that I'm saying the grandparents don't, but even then it's a, it's a different, it's being a parent is a, is a different thing. So in that sense, you know, you should honour the fact that you can share this together, but also in my album, there's a song, um, one of the tracks is called Together Separately. And um, I used another singer, a male singer, his name's Jazz Lull. And um, he came in and he's sort of like a lyricist. He does sort of lyrical, uh, I don't, can't call it rap, but like kind of like rap, but it's really amazing. If you get a chance to listen to it, it's a great track. And um, the, the essence of it is it's called Together Separately is that 
um, whilst we were together in that, we also had to do our uh, grieve separately. Men and women do grieve differently, I I believe. And also we were on our own separate journeys and we couldn't really be there for one another in that, especially in that early stage, you know, like he had to honor what he needed to do and I had to honor what I needed to do yet together we were in it. So it was sort of this mixing pot of together and not, and separate. Mm. Which you maybe may- helped. Yeah, and you talk about the album um, which you have made for bereaved parents and it's um, available through Red Nose Australia for other parents to listen to and support, is that? Well, it's actually available on my website, okay. which is Jenny McGregor, spell M-C, um, G-R-E-G-O-R. So if you just go to jennymcgregor.com.au, um, you can write to me through there. It's free for any bereaved parent. Sorry, you're probably about to get to that, sorry. But um, you can write to me and I can send you a link, uh, like a code to get the link if you want to download it. Or I do have copies made as well. I've got, um, you know, albums CDs. CDs, but CDs are so <laughs> not done these days. But sometimes it's nice to have something tangible, you know, yeah. that you can actually hold and some you can Some cars still have CD players, I know. Well, I, I, my car does <laughs> and I too. still use some of those old ones. They're a bit scraped now. But I actually have a picture I'm showing you now of Jamie on the CD. Oh, so it's, um, it's really nice just to have something that you can ho- hold. And I'm from that generation of CDs. Well, I'm actually from the generation of cassettes, but I didn't think cassette tapes would, would work <laughs> They've got nowhere to play. They definitely know cassette players. <laughs> yeah, but it is, it is, sorry, you mentioned Red Nose. It is through Red Nose. And also Red Nose do have copies. So if you are working with Red Nose at the moment, they can, can definitely help you get access to the album um, and all the profits. So if there's someone listening that hasn't lost a child but maybe wants to buy one or, um, you know, for if, uh, it's a good gift in terms of uncles and aunts that don't know what to do or friends, um, then all the proceeds of that go to Red Nose Australia. The album, as you've talked about there, is is to support parents. Um, but writing the music, you've you've written about how music helped you heal. Mm. You are a musician. Mm-hmm. Explain to us in your own words how music helped you on that process. Oh, I just think music is a universal language, you know, like you, it's cathartic. I mean, I'm lucky I can play so I can actually do that. I've got the double bonus of not just listening to other people's music, but playing and singing and writing like that for me is just, it's an out. I get, you know, it helped me get my emotions out. But yeah, I mean, listening to music. I mean, I think anyone listening to this right now will be nodding their head in agreement that at some point in their life when they've been through some hardship and they found that song that just gets to them and gets to the the core and you can either just cry or you or or even when you're having a good day and you need a good song to you know music just does that. It's like it's a it's a it's a vibration. Like everything is vibration. Music is a vibration that just speaks to you and I think it's it's a really important um it's an important art in in this life, and and yeah, I've utilised it my whole life for many, many things, many challenges I've been through, breakups and all the rest of it. But that was the part when Jamie yep. died that I felt was just so lacking. You know, it was the, the, there just really wasn't um, a lot of music out there that was about the subject, which seems like a strange thing that you'd want to have that for. But then, given that there's so many parents going through this, we're we're a uh, there's a there's a big group of us it's a you know it's a significant group of people that I felt were missing out on music that had come from that space from that place you know where they people listening could go okay she gets it yeah yeah like she gets what I'm what I'm feeling right now which a love song for me at the time 
It wasn't doing. No, it wasn't you cutting know. it. No. Your daughter Sophie is here. She's sitting on the lounge. She's in her beautiful Snow White outfit. Looking very cute. Very cute. Uh, he's not disturbing you now. Well behaved. Good Good job, Mum. And you have uh, a son, Charlie. How old's yes. Charlie now? Charlie's seven. Charlie's seven. So um, you have two children. We, you had three. Is Jamie still a part of your family's life? Yes, very much so. We have pictures up of him and uh, we still celebrate his birthday in May. Um, we'll bake a cake. The kids will be a part of it. So we'll blow out the candles. We'll usually put a little photo up of him and we'll each have a little something to say if we want to. Usually Sophie will say, I want cake. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, yeah, we've just we've, we've always been very open about what happened. They did have a brother that they didn't get to meet. Um, and open about how we feel about it. So, um, you know, they're aware that it was a sad time, but that mummy and daddy are doing okay, you know? We're and okay. how do they talk about Jamie? Yeah, look, I'd have to say um, Charlie, my um, my son, who's the older one, he probably mentions it more. You know, there was a time recently when he, um, he made a wish and uh, he wished for something like, oh, I wish that, um, you know, Jamie's happy or something like that, which was mm. beautiful. He obviously still thinks of him and he is our sensitive little soul. And Sophie occasionally will bring it up, you know, like I think, you know, there's been a couple of times where people have said, oh, look, you know, you've got a brother. And she says, I've got two brothers, actually. So, which is nice, but it's, it can get tricky because if people want to ask more questions and, you know, you go into it. And, and I'm also aware that other parents do choose to deal handle that differently. I know of um, other people that have chosen uh, when they've had further kids not to mention anything about the kid and, and, and make sure they get the specialised help to talk to their kid about that at a, a stage when they feel the kid's ready. So I don't know whether we've done the right thing or not. It was just how we chose to proceed and, you know, it was such a deep part of us at the time and then we, we quickly went on to have Charlie, my, my son, um, that... Um, yeah, it just it felt right for us to just make him a big part of, of our family because he is a part of our family. And so. I imagine that is the right way to do it. Then, yeah, right? whatever works for you is the right way. Exactly. That's yeah. parenting in a nutshell. That's it. And <laughs> I respect whatever anybody else would like, you know, however anybody wants to do it. It's If it feels right, it is right. Yeah. Good. That's I a like good. That. So, yeah, let's let's go with that. Yeah. Um, Jenny, it's been an privilege to speak to you about this. Thank you for coming in and being so honest. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. That's musician Jenny McGregor. For details on how you can get your hands on her album, we'll put notes in this episode. In the next episode of Feed, Play, Love, we'll be back with Helpline and our resident mothercraft expert, Chris Minogue, answering all your parenting questions. So there's many different ways of doing it, but if I would just stick to the basics, listening, going in when it's an active cry, helping him to settle. The other thing that I think doesn't get across is that it takes between five minutes and 15 minutes to settle a baby. So it's not a two-minute thing and it's not a one-minute thing. It's it's a distance thing yep. and it's that consistency. And and I think if you stick at it, you will pay. it will pay off and in a month's time you'll be in a better place. If you want to ask Chris your questions, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Feed Play Love is produced by Elise Cooper, written and hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. <laughs>